Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Colton, let's get into a few things. Uh, there was some some news made uh, over the weekend, and not the kind of news that you want to have for the University of Montana men's basketball program, but Jordan Gregory, who uh, was an outstanding player, uh, an all-conference player for uh, the Montana Grizzlies, and then went on to play professionally overseas for a couple of years and has been in basketball for a while. His first year back at the University of Montana as a grad assistant, grad assistant for uh, Travis DeCure's staff, uh, was arrested for an aggravated DUI over the weekend, the wee hours, Saturday night, going into Sunday morning. And, uh, okay, posted bail and is now uh, awaiting to find out sort of the disciplinary side of this thing from the University of Montana. Uh, Kent Haslam, who is the athletic director, said we are aware of the incident involving Jordan. Uh, he is still a graduate assistant with the basketball program, but will not be with them this week when they play at Idaho State and Weber State. What happens beyond that is still to be decided. Uh, this is sort of an interesting deal, Coulter, because if there if this was a player this mm-hmm. would be this would have direct ramifications to the what's happening on the floor and also the university has very I, they have like level 1 2 and 3 violations that are that are a part of the university student athlete code of conduct and Jordan Gregory is not a student athlete any longer he's also not strictly speaking a member of the coaching staff, a grad assistant, he's right. in school right. and he's helping out with the team, you know, is sort of this is like the very bottom rung of coaching where you go and you cut your teeth and you do whatever odd jobs need to get done and so forth and so on. And so he's he is directly associated with the team. He is on the bench during games. And he's obviously as a player, a very well-known guy in that respect, having played at the University of Montana. Uh, but also, I don't know how much of things like 
the, the, the code of conduct or these, you know, the rules of discipline or whatever apply to a guy like him because he, it's, it, he's in sort of a nebulous space as far as I can tell. And I, I'm not saying they, they don't exist. I'm just not sure what they are. Obviously, you know, a bad choice, man. You're like, you, 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 can't, you can't do it. And to get, you know, to, to get arrested, you know, driving under the influence is unacceptable. And also obviously a very bad look for the program. And it puts, it puts, you know, the coach, the athletic director, the team in a very awkward spot when, you know, a guy on the staff has this come out over the weekend. Yeah. And I think that this was a first reported by MTN sports. Kyle Hansen, MTN sports was the first to report this. Um, we, we, we just have to tread lightly because there's still a lot of information that needs to come out. So from the report on, on montanasports.com as well as the, initial findings that I've seen in terms of what was in the police report, there's multiple different ways you can get an aggravated DUI. You blow twice the legal limit and blood alcohol content is registered at twice the legal limit of 0.08. Or if you deny a breathalyzer, if you don't take one, a lot of times you can get charged with, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're convicted of an aggravated DUI. The other thing is in Montana, if you decline a breathalyzer test, you're getting arrested and you're going to jail. But again, that does not actually prove your guilt of driving under the influence. Oftentimes your license is suspended immediately, but you can, if you in fact believe that you were not intoxicated, you can get your license back. So there's just a lot of different things that could go on. I I like to treat this stuff that you're innocent until proven guilty. So even if you're charged with a crime by a police officer, you're not guilty of that crime until you are convicted of said crime well, and, and, in and the court of law. I think generally, general protocol for or you know for for police officers is you you put together all of the things that might be uh, you know chargeable offenses, right? And then they're there, and then they start to come away because you can't sort of retroactively usually charge somebody for something, obviously, unless you were to find something right. else, but it, that, that usually wouldn't apply in something like this. So you're right. I mean, when you see aggravated DUI, which is is worse than DUI, sure. but we don't know if, in fact, that is what it is the, the, as of yet. The report has no BAC. It has no blood alcohol content reported. So that indicates to me that there was no breathalyzer test given. If you take a breathalyzer test and you blow twice the legal limit, even though you haven't officially been convicted of the crime, that that evidence is going to convict you of the crime. In this case, it seems to me as if there isn't that portion of the evidence. So right. there remains to be seen what happens. And, and and like you said, the code of conduct, I'm not sure it applies to a non-student athlete. He's just a student who works at the athletic department. So maybe there's a separate code of conduct for some sort of employee, but he's also not directly employed by the school. He's likely probably getting a fee waiver and is a graduate right. assistant. So who knows where this falls. To me, though, when I, I like... We talked about this quite extensively this morning. When is it news? And I think that there's been some media outlets in this town that have sensationalized and piled on. And a lot of times the Grizz or former Grizz moniker sticks with guys for a long time. But then how long is it reputable that you are in the news for some sort of uh, personal misstep like this? I don't know. I think there's a lot of gray area. I think it's a really long conversation that we could have. But... I think that the way that I always try to report and analyze these stories is what is the direct effect on the athletic side of this? Because we cover sports 
And so, like you said, if this was a player that was playing on the team, the news hook to me would not necessarily be what he did to get in trouble, but what the ramifications of the trouble that person got into are. Will he be suspended? And then going forward, how will that affect the performance of a team? It's the same thing with coaches. If there was a coach that got in this specific situation, it's a story because of the money element of it. You're getting paid through the university, which is a public university taxpayer money. So the the news hook to me is the money and the performance of the teams. This is a different analysis because to me, this is just, it's a bad, it's bad piece of publicity for the program. But in terms of the way it affects the actual day-to-day actions, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's someone in your organization, so it's not necessarily good for morale. But in terms of Jordan Gregory's role, if you look at what he does at practice, like when they go watch film, he works individually with the red shirts. So he's just doing individual drills and stuff. He's an extra coach to help skill development, but it's not as if he's really highly involved in game planning during games. All he's there for really is just moral support. You know, maybe he gives a, a guard a tip, you know, here's something I'm seeing, but it's not as if he's on the board or helping Travis with timeouts or anything like that. So in terms of the actual sports element of this, inconsequential to me, largely. Yeah, it's, it's more just the publicity of it, but I think that the conversation goes a lot deeper than the transgression that Jordan Gregory may or may not have committed. It's more, where do we fall in the sensationalizing of transgressions by athletes, but more specifically, former athletes? It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Right, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it's a sports show, you know, it's not even a quote-unquote just a news show, so I think, you know, obviously we are talking about it and should, um, but first of all, on the sports side of things, I want to focus on that for a moment. In terms of a negative effect of 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 direct from a directly basketball standpoint i think this is at or very near zero for the yes, university right. of montana totally the one thing though is this this is still a guy who's around the program all the time and i don't think it's a quote-unquote morale thing sure but it's a bad example if it's well certainly it's a bad example but, 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 but again, also we, we don't really know the specifics of what actually went down there could be a scenario where no crime was actually committed i don't know But at the end of the day, it is a piece of news that's in the news that we are talking about that's not in a great light. Well, okay. But here's the thing is, as far as distraction goes, I mean, when you're talking about kids and who knows, you know, the relationships that you develop with certain people who are around, whether it's the head coach, assistant coach, grad assistants, and so forth and so on, um, you know, to is that something that, you know, you're able to sort of reset as a basketball team and go, okay, you know, well, that's what it is. I guess it's going to resolve itself. And and generally speaking, I don't really believe in distractions when it comes to teams all that much um, because usually distractions, when, we, when people and us in the media talk about distractions, it's not related at all to the team. It's usually about, you know, Maybe it's a relationship that's going on. Maybe it's a financial situation that's going on for the person individually. Maybe it's a guy's contract, you know, with a team at the professional level or something like that. We always talk about. And I think that is just, it's just nothing. It's not there. This, though, is like there's all of a sudden on this trip a seat on the bus that isn't being sat in. There's the guy who was there who was, you know, helping out with the team that isn't there now. And it's not good that he, he isn't there. Like the reason that he's not there is there. And it's also public, man. Like it's out there. Yep. It's not just a thing that happened. It's a thing that happened that now everybody basically that, that cares about or is interested in Montana men's basketball sure. knows about. And the players don't have to answer for this, of course, or anything like that. But yet, it's still 
it's still there as sort of this unspoken backdrop when it comes time to play for a game or two. This isn't something that then lingers throughout the rest of the year or anything like that, but I do think that there's potential for that to have some effect. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. The thing that I battle with... And I'm not trying to justify any sort of bad action. I'm not trying to condone any sort of drunk driving. Again, I don't think we know the full details of what happened. uh, And I'm not trying to explain them until I see the official police report and I can go through the entire thing. But the thing that I battle with is exploiting somebody who made a mistake or exploiting any person, period, because of a perceived or real level of quote-unquote fame. In other words, Jordan Gregory's not the only grad assistant on the University of Montana men's basketball team. He is the only graduate assistant at UM that scored almost 1,300 points in his career and was a star player and was a first-team all-league performer. He's famous, quote-unquote, in this town because of a lot of positive things that he's done. And we've had Jordan in the studio. He's a great guy, and, and, and I really hope that no matter what the real situation is, that it all works out. But... I guess what I'm saying is, would we be leading our radio show with any of the other graduate assistants getting a DUI? You know, and that's what I battle with is just the exploitation of someone because of their level of fame. But th- that's also part of it. When you're a public figure, the more you're in the public eye, the more scrutiny you're going to receive. It- it's just an interesting dilemma, right? I, like, I, say somebody from the, the Grizz. I, I, I just, I just think that a lot of times th- there's a lot of news organizations that use an affiliation or a former affiliation. To, to get you hooked. In other words, if a guy that played for the Grizz like 12 years ago that still was in town got a DUI, would it be exploitative to lead the story with the fact that he once played for the Grizz? Well, I look, man, I understand what you're saying. I guess it comes and, down to no, what, what defines I, you. I, 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 I totally understand what you're saying, and yet, I mean, that's the reality of it. You know, I mean, you, totally you're, you're talking, re- you're talking about guy, like f- famous, not famous, whatever. Like at some point, at the point that you've p- played Division One college athletics, sure. you have gained a level of notoriety that is basically always there, where regardless of where you played or who you played for. Obviously, if you played for Florida or Florida State, it's a much higher profile than if you played for you know Miami of Ohio, but not in not in Miami of in Ohio. It's sure. not, and so I guess the point is is like that is the part of what goes along with it, and you know I don't I don't find this 
at all to be exploitative. I find this to be a reality of a thing that has transpired over the weekend. And it happened to somebody who, and we would, like, if there was another grad assistant who this happened to, it would be a talking point. Would it lead or not? I don't know. But also that to me is simply tied to the fact of the level of notoriety that the individual has. And that, again, isn't us trying to, like, or, or the media or whatever, trying to make a big splash. It's a reality of lots of people know who particular people are in a town or in a school or whatever it might be. And so then that becomes, in virtue of that, something that people are more interested in. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I would draw the line on the fact that he's associated with the program. I think that's what makes it news because well, it's, sure. it's, it's, he's part of a team right now. But it's, it is more news that it's him and not a different grad assistant. Totally. I also think that when, in recording this Grizz Greats podcast and talking to for these some of these bonus episodes, former players, mm-hmm. it's it's so fascinating to me the way that your reputation as an athlete can have such an influence on your life, but also when your athletic career is in the rear view, how quickly people forget and how the guys that really become successful in life are guys that redefine themselves with a different identity. And I think that it's been fun talking to guys that were playing in front of 8,500 people at the Adams Center for Jed Heathcote and Jim Brandenburg in the 70s, but now are just, you know, all-American dads in the community mm-hmm. and just working guys that most people in their lives don't say, right. that's Ben Demers, a, a former University of Montana men's basketball player. They think of him as a dad and a, uh, you know, a part of the community. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Eric Hayes, think, people think of Eric Hayes way more. So people that know think of Eric Hayes as the guy who scored 32 against UCLA, but more they think of him as the head coach at Hellgate. 100%. That's just a function of time. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'm sorry to take us on a tangent on media ethics no, here, but not. I do this think I do think it's just an interesting analysis because I, I do think that the, in this town, University of Montana is a gigantic entity. The sports programs are among the most, make you among the most visible people in the community. But I also think that there's been some media coverage that has been exploitative and really trying to eat the red meat when it's any, anything that's mm. attached to Grizz Athletics. And I, just, I don't necessarily want to go down the road, but I'll, I mean, I'll settle with this. I think that, I mean, this is a, uh, scenario of a guy that's in a program, so it is something to talk about. But sure. I, I don't necessarily think it's something where you just beat the dead horse forever. Well, no, and we're you know I'm not going to sit here and and spend the week on this topic or something like that. But it is certainly you know worth uh, it warrants our discussion in, in, in a lot of different threads. And and centrally for us here is its impact on the, on the university basketball team and the program as such as it is. And then at some point when Whatever discipline, I mean, there's already some where, I mean, Jordan Gregory is not traveling with the team uh, this week, but whatever whatever comes of this, you know, when that decision is made, then that will, again, be something that will be, you know, talked about and, and, and sort of reviewed. But, um, again, as far as what does this mean to the Grizzlies playing at Idaho State on Thursday – very little to not. Uh, those are the, that. That's I think our collective opinion. Two tell Nuwana is one zero two nine ESPN Radio. Uh, Coulter one game last night Monday night hoops in the Big Sky Conference. Weber State and Portland State and Portland State whipped up on Weber State. And this is bizarre for a couple reasons. First of all, ninety two seventy six to final there ninety two points. That's was, that was putting the ball in the hole for the uh, Portland State Vikings. Uh, Holland Woods unquestionably the best player for Portland State. 12 points in this game. It's fine. 
but he's 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 an often a twenty plus point per game guy, especially on a night that you score ninety two points. I mean that's unbelievable. And then Cody John, who is one of the big three for Weber State, has twenty nine in this game. I mean he was outstanding in this basketball game, and yet even with those numbers. Weber State still loses by 16 points. Weber State is now 2-4 and four in the Big Sky Conference. They are, hello, 10th out of 11 in the conference right now with, you talk about Jarek Harding, Cody John, is it Israel Barnes, Isaiah Barnes. Israel Barnes. Israel Barnes. Okay. I mean, those three guys right there, if you got those three guys on your team, I, I don't I don't know how you justify 2-4. and four. I mean, I know Jarek Harding's been injured, and but he did have 24 points last night. Was but, but this is crazy, and clearly to me, this is a defensive situation. I mean, you're giving up 92 points to a team when their best player only scores a dozen. I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know why that's happening like that, but right now, uh, Randy Ray's got got problems, man. Well, and, I mean, this this box score shows you exactly two things. First of all. The impact that Sal Nuhu has on Portland State, I, I would wonder where Portland State right now is alone in fifth place. Mm-hmm. But you'd wonder where they'd be if they would have got gotten to play two of their conference games with Sal Nuhu. He's the key to everything that they do, because I mean, they lost to the Grizz by fifteen. The Grizz pulled away was late. It fifteen, okay. But the, yeah. I mean, they were in the game with they were down by two with eleven minutes to go, and then yeah. the Grizz kind of right. pulled away. But the Grizz were taking advantage of not having a rim protector. Absolutely. I mean, they were just dumping to Mac Anderson. Mac Anderson had four dunks and in a row. Especially on that on the full court press that they like to run. Uh, yeah, right. and that, the other thing that's indicative, the, the, they've they've adjusted a little bit because of their personnel. They they're pressing man to man a lot still, but they're not running the same trap as frequently. The thing that they've traded it for in terms of creating chaos, though, is crashing the offensive glass. And they had twenty offensive rebounds last night. Portland State did. When you look at the box score. If Portland State gets double-double type numbers out of Sal Nuhu, who had 14 points and 15 rebounds, and Alonzo Walker, who had 23 points and 9 rebounds, that means they're the ones controlling the pace because those two guys are just rim-to-rim runners who just slash and get to the rim. And so if those guys are the leading scorers, that's always going to be in favor of Portland State. Yeah, they, Portland State's at their best, honestly, when Holland Woods is not the leading scorer. He needs to be the guy that's pushing the tempo and getting all those other guys buckets. But I think the story here, though, you're right. I think twofold. One, how dangerous is Portland State when they're healthy? Because now they are healthy, and I, I do think that they're better than what we saw in Missoula. They didn't have their two of their three leading scores in that game. But the, the biggest story here is that Weber State's in tenth place in yes, the Big Sky Conference. Completely. I mean, they haven't had. A, they've only had one losing record in 14 years under Ray Ray. And so, I mean, this is this is creeping up on it already. I mean, they're six and twelve overall. And 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 not only are they two and four and six and twelve overall, but but. We've seen their core of of guys play. This is an, I mean, this is this is not a talent issue. It's well, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a defense issue right right now, obviously. I mean, clearly. But I mean, those three guys. I mean, the one thing I'll say is all three of those guys are guards. And Barnes all, is and the all, biggest one. And all three of those guys are defined by their offense. That's the issue. Yeah, I mean, maybe so, but I mean, nonetheless, I mean, you can sometimes see it coming or think you see it coming, where. You know, a bunch of guys graduate and you lose, you know, all conference players and so forth and so on. And Weaver State, I mean, they're returning the preseason MVP, in, right? No, in Jarek Harding? Was it was it Harding or was it Pridget? Yeah, I mean, Harding is a returning first-team All-League player. Yeah, I, th- I think it was Harding. And so, in any case, this is this is surprising. This is surprising for sure. 
The Grizzlies, six and one on top of the Big Sky. Three teams: Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, alone in second or tied in second place at four and two. Portland State alone in fifth at four and four, and everybody else three and four or worse. Four teams at three and four, by the way, including Montana State. Uh, we'll come back. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We are joined for our Pepsi Youth Sports segment. We're going to do this once each month throughout the course of the year, so very excited about this. But the director of youth sports from the YMCA, I think an appropriate person for this uh, to to have in here, Katie Grooch joins us. Katie, how are you? Thanks for being here. Great. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we're certainly happy to have you here. We're excited to hear about, look, wintertime. Everybody understands uh, it's cabin fever, okay? It's (laughs) light for 38 minutes a day. It's 100 below zero. What in the world are we going to do? What activities and here comes the ymca riding to the rescue tell the people about some of the things that you have for especially the kids out there uh athletics wise sports wise and programs that the y has through these cooler months yeah this is the time of year where our gym is just packed we have everybody yeah. coming in with their memberships and again wanting to just be active and do something but um we just started our fourth and fifth grade basketball season last week we kicked off games on friday um, we start our third and fourth grade volleyball clinics tonight, and we're also running our bitty basketball, which is um, little mini clinics for kindergarten and first graders to just get introduced oh, to wow. basketball. I uh, my daughter played uh, seven year old Y basketball, and and I told her what to do on offense and told her what to do, but I never told her what offense and defense were. <laughs> so she got very confused. Was just sticking on her person uh-huh. all the time. They had the basketball. <laughs> I was like, no, no, you want to run away from them when you're on offense. So Those anyway, second and third graders I could have, so I could have used somebody who knew what, how in the world to interact with these children uh-huh. at the Y to help me with this. I, she did not get very good instruction from her father, I could tell you. Katie, any pertinent deadlines coming up or any programs that maybe haven't started? Or what about people that maybe their kids, are they're just learning about this now? Is there a way to join late? Or anything that's upcoming that's kind of immediate? Yeah, there, there still are some spots with... Um, fourth and fifth grade basketball if people kind of want to get a late start. Um, otherwise, we're going to open up our registration for spring soccer this week. Um, that's kind of a big program for us. That'll start in April. So you'll, we'll have early registration um, through February 23rd. Um, we'll have more sessions of that bitty basketball and then also more sessions of our rookie sports. And so that's for preschool kids. They'll meet twice a week and just get introduced to a whole variety of Sports, group games, listening to instructions, working together as a team, just being active at that age. Um, so that's Mondays and Wednesdays at 12 starting in February. Well, that's that's for me right there. I mean, if you want to corral these these ones and get them, go, you go have at it. 
God bless you. I'm reading a book. <laughs> you know, that sounds great. Katie Gruce joining us. She's the director of youth sports at the YMCA. Katie, one thing I, I like about the Y, there's a couple places like uh, uh, Currents and, uh, you know, maybe one or two others, but there's really not that many public accessible swimming pools that you mm-hmm. can go get in. I know the Y has a great one, a great swimming program as well. Can people come in? Are there free swims that you can just pay your money if you're not a member to go and swim at the at the Y? And, and then obviously, if you are a member, you can do that as well, right? Yeah, definitely. With the, the memberships, that's an easy way. We also have day passes. And then we're just starting um, a punch pass system so that you can get um, pay for 10 punches. You know, if you're going to be coming kind of once a month or twice a month, um, it might make a little bit more sense for your family than maybe the family membership if right. they were coming frequently. Well, that's, I mean, to me, if you're talking about what are we going to do that's active, that's, you, know, you don't have to really worry about the weather and stuff. I mean, it's as good as it gets and there's not very many places to go do it. You can't really float the river is what I'm <laughs> right. saying. No doubt. Swim lessons, you guys offer swim lessons, yep, right? Swim lessons. How, do, how do people go about signing up for those? Um, you can register online or you can call the YMCA or stop by in person. Uh, the other thing that the Y has going on, and this is, I mean, somebody's just a brilliant person over there. <laughs> father, Katie. Father, daughter, uh, Valentine's Day dance. I mean, I've been soaked out of all my money on this on the every year. Not not from the Y, from my children who are my girls who are like, Dad, we're going and then we're going for dessert and then we're going out to get some more dessert and then we're going to go have a third dessert before we go home dressed up in all the things. It is a very fun event, though. I mean, this is not exactly sports. I understand it, but you are dancing. I mean, it's the most calories I'm going to burn in a day for crying out loud when Beyonce comes on yeah. and my girls are swinging from my shoulders, you know? Yeah, that's one of our favorites. That uh, one a, just gets bigger and bigger every year. It's, it's a blast uh, to, to, to do that when you guys keep it going. Tell the people again, Katie, quickly before you go, just again, the, the, the couple registrations that are still coming up and when they need to sign up by. Yeah, so we have spring soccer coming up. If you register by um, February 23rd, you get our early bird discount. Okay. Um, we have registration coming up for our fifth and sixth grade volleyball, and that's going to start mid-February. Um, rookie sports is going to start in February as well, and then some more bitty ball sessions. Okay, yeah, there's a ton of them. I'm sure you can go just to the YMCA website, and it'll all be listed there for people, too, that are letting you certainly sign up there as well. Katie, thank you so much for being here and helping us out with this, giving the people the info that they need on this, all right? Yeah, thank you, guys. You bet. Uh, the U Sports segment brought to us by Pepsi Cola of Montana. Pepsi, proud supporters of U Sports in and around the Missoula area. Quick break. Wrap up the hour next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, 
Visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this Tuesday evening. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, Coulter, we uh, spent some time on the Grizz basketball program. We talked some big sky hoops. Uh, one game last night, again, was a – I don't know if it was a surprise. It just continues to be a surprise, I guess, of of the poor basketball that Weber State is playing because we're so accustomed to having them be one of the, you know, couple three best teams in the conference, and they're sitting there at two and four after a 16-point loss to Portland State last night. They are uh, 10th out of 11 teams, so that is surprising. We talked a little bit yesterday about Montana State. They fall to three and four. They lost uh, to Eastern Washington and now lost two straight at home, which is not great. Uh, by the way, we will have Danny Sprinkle, head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team, tomorrow on, on the show. Uh, but when you look at this thing, Coulter, in terms of the, the overall outlook of the conference, you got Montana at the top at six and one. Three teams tied at four and two. One at four and four, and then four more at three and four. So you're talking about eight of the 11 teams within a game of each other, basically, a game and a half of each other, and a little bit of it is unbalanced because now half the teams have played seven games and half of them have played six, but okay, fine. But you're talking about, okay, it's been it's been a tough stretch, tough week and a half, and they've only played two games within it for Montana State, and to lose two games at home, not great. They also lost to two really good teams. Or we, right. we think are two teams that are going to be pretty good. And they're only a game behind the teams that are in second place right now, heading, and they we're, not even, we're not even at the halfway point of the year yet. I think to have a proper evaluation to, to do accurate power rankings, as it were, for the Big Sky Conference, it's going to take till this next three-game set to get to the middle point, or maybe even the weekend after that. 10 to 12 games is going to be the sample size before we get any sort of clarity mm-hmm. within the league. I, I do think that some of these records are just indicative of schedule. You know, Montana, Montana State's already gone through their, their stretch of four games in eight days, their stretch of three games in six days. They've played their Monday game, and they're three and four. Is that best-case scenario for them? It's certainly not. But it also could be worse, too, and they're going to get some reprieve in the schedule, especially after this upcoming road trip as well. So we'll see where the, how the Cats play out. I think that if you're Montana, Montana took – Montana went 3-1 and one during their 4-8 and eight days and then followed it up with a resounding win over Eastern Washington and then a resounding win in their last Monday game. That is taking care of business while also yeah. taking – it's the opposite of taking advantage of the schedule because the schedule is supposed to take advantage of you. If you were the Grizz and you got through that stretch at even four and three, you'd still be optimistic, let alone five and two. The fact that they're six and one with the lone loss being in Greeley in their fourth game in eight days, it's impressive. And and that I think that's what gives them really a leg up, not only being two games clear of, or I guess, I guess a game and a half clear of everybody, but also just in the fashion that they've done it. I want to go back to, uh, to I want to talk about two different things. First okay. of all, First of all, I think that right now there's no real discernible difference for me between Southern Utah, Portland State, Montana State, Sac State, NAU, and Idaho State. And I think that even Idaho with their 1-5 and five record could also be mixed into that group. So I think that just maintaining confidence or getting better or whoever wants to continue to play and play with each other, that's going to be the key 
for the the second thirteen games of of these team schedules, and I think it's going to make for you know what's going on right now in the league is very interesting because the league actually is a has a better RPI than it did last year, even though the top teams in the league aren't as good. The Big Sky right now seventeenth nationally in RPI. Last year they were hovering in the mid twenties. The winner of the league. If the Grizz from last year could have won the league this year, they could have gotten a, a 12 or 13 seed instead of the 14 that they got. That's too bad, but I also think it's going to make for a pretty entertaining tournament because there really might not be much difference between 5 and 10. So wherever the matchup might be, you know, we could see some really close games, but also who knows? I mean, maybe you get the bad matchup. I mean, obviously Portland State's a bad matchup for Weber, even though I don't think those two teams are that far apart. But I do want to talk about the Weber State element because broadly you and I have talked about this both on and off air when it comes to football and when it comes to men's basketball and I think that there's there's some pretty uh, loose but also pretty accurate measuring sticks in terms of what sort of players and how many good players you have to have in the Big Sky Conference I usually think that to win the league you need to have between 10 and 12 guys that are of first team all conference caliber you know I for the Grizz, for example, like when Kendrick Van Akron was a second-team all-conference guy, he was still a first-team all-conference caliber player, okay, right? Sure. You know what I'm saying? You need 10 to 12 all cal- first-team all-conference caliber players, and you need between four and six guys that are probably going to at least get a shot in the NFL. Yeah. And that's kind of what we've seen with Weber State the last couple of years. You know, it's, it's what we've kind of seen with, I mean, I guess the Cats this year. In basketball, it, I think that you need to have two of the top 10 and three of the top call it 18 to 20 guys. And I think that's where Weber State is lacking because I do think that Jarek Harding is a top five to eight player in the league, certainly. And I think Cody John is probably a top 15 guy. But then, you know, Israel Barnes, he's a good player. But is he in the top 20 in the league? I don't know. Is Michael Kovac? I don't think so. And I think that's where you're lacking. And I think that, you know, to be a, a really dominant team like Weber State's been in the past or like Montana was the last couple of years, you just, you just have to have a bunch of really good guys that are willing to play together. And the interesting part about Weber is you look at their last NCAA tournament team, 15-16, when they had Joel Ball and Boy, Jeremy Sanglin. Since then, they haven't been that dominant. I mean, they were 12-6, and 13-5, and 5, and 11-9. and 9. They finished tied for third, tied for fourth, tied for fourth. So it's not the cream of the crop as it once was, and it just, it just begs the question. You know, that, that's a real sample size now where – if they finish in the bottom half this year, the tr- the trend downward is definitive. And I don't know what's going on there. I, I feel sort of precarious, speculating about something hundreds of miles away from here. But the numbers are the numbers. And Jarek Jer- Harding is a good player. Cody John is a good player. But they're not Jeremy Singlin. They're not Joel Ballenboy. They're not Damian Lillard. They're not Davion Barry. They're not and, Damian Lillard. And that's that's the that's the whole thing is that they're just they, they're just not bringing in the absolute top tier talent in bunches like they have for so many years. Here's the thing, okay? There are 16 all conference players at the end of the season. Third team, second team, first team, and then the MVP who of the league who is the 16th person or you know whatever you want to call it. So there's essentially six first teamers because it's not just five, it's five and one. Okay, 16 of them. You know how many starters there are in the Big Sky Conference of men's basketball? 55. 11 teams, five guys. Okay? You want to know what percentage of those starters comprise the top three teams at the end of the year? 30%. Fully 30% of the league. Is there a third team in basketball? I, I can't remember. 
I think there, yes, might, just there, be, is. I think there might just be first, second, no. and honorable mention. Is there a third it's team? Thir- uh, well, honorable mention. Okay, yes, yes. Because in, in, foot, in football, it really is like first, second, third, third and, and honorable yeah, mention. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, is like, look, man, if you're if you're an all conference player, you're a really good player. Also. As a matter of percentage, a lot of guys are going to be all conference players. Like right. if you are, if you're the leading scorer on your team, it is eighty percent plus that you're going to be an all conference player on sure. one of those teams. Right? Okay. And so, I guess my point is, is that every not every team, but most of the teams in the Big Sky Conference have two all conference caliber guys on their right. team. Right. And so. It is, first of all, they're not all created equal because having an all, you know, Hallwood's a great player, okay? He, he's not Saeed Pridgett. He's not Harold Frey, you know? And so, the, the, first of all, so there's an inequity there, but also it is about the rest of the dudes. It is about it the, is the true, role true. players and how good they are because I think that this Weber State team is actually top heavy, I think is what their issue is to me. They have two outstanding to elite players at mm-hmm. the conference level, and then it's it, it appears that they don't have a whole lot else after that. And that is surprising because that is not that is not Randy Ray's MO at all. I mean, he has been he's the one guy that I thought Travis DeCure paid an unbelievable compliment to last year. He said there's 350 Division One basketball pro, uh, teams, teams, and there's maybe 50, 25 whatever, programs. Programs, and he says Randy Ray and Weber say that that's a program, and that is why this is is so surprising. It really is for sure, and and that I guess that's what I'm getting at is. As much as everybody in the league wants to believe the narrative that the league is getting better, the league's not getting better, it's getting more even. And I think that that's not, it's a good and bad thing. But for so many years, you'd have teams that had one or two outstanding players and then a, and then a couple okay, pretty solid guys, and then a bunch of guys that look like what I think that the non-educated Big Sky fan would think of as Big Sky guys. And I think there's a lot of teams that experienced a ton of turnover in the league, but the uh, the last five or six years, the only teams that have been able to roll out true like top seven rotations where every dude has a role and every dude is good has been Montana, Eastern Washington, and Weber. And Weber's not there right now, and that's right. what's so fascinating. I mean, again, you look at some of the great Weber teams, and they had the guys that played. Damian Lewis is a great player, but he also played with guys like Scott Banforth and Kyle Tresnick, and like they had. Bo- all league players in the front court, in the back court, around him as well. I guess I'm just saying that you have to be so good to be able to win this league proportionally. When you're analyzing sure. it from the scope of the league, I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy Sanglin is one of the only 2,000-point scorers in league history, and you paired him with a guy that flirted with getting drafted in the NBA and is still making money playing basketball in Joel Ballenboy. That inside-out combo, I mean, th- that was good enough to win 26 games, but that's what you have to have to win 26 yeah. games. You got to have Michael Ogini and Ahmad Roy, the best backcourt in Montana history. That That's what it takes. And, yeah. and so I think it's going to be so interesting to see how all these teams really fight it out because I don't know if there actually is a team that has that caliber. So it's going to come down to coaching, continuity, and chemistry. The thing that's, that that is interesting to me is if Montana goes ahead and wins the league, which right now it looks, I mean, look, I'm, looks good for them, right? 
I don't know what their record is going to be. But I, I, I would say almost, I mean, even if they were 19 and one, there would be just so much more, uh, uh, it would be, it would, it, it would just, it would be a full reset. Like the last couple of years in the tournament, I've expected Montana to win the tournament because they're proven and you know, not just the talent that they have, but they also know this is what we came for. This is what mm-hmm. we're here to do. Mm-hmm. If this Montana team didn't lose another game the rest of the regular season, not to say I wouldn't expect them to win it, but I would not feel the same way, the same confidence or expectation, maybe the way to say it, that I've had the last couple of years about this team because they're, they are so young and because it is such a complete blender in terms of the rest of the conference and who you're matching up with. Mm-hmm. And maybe there aren't the high-end teams, but I don't think this is dumb to say. I don't think there's the low-end teams. I mean, you talk about Idaho being 1-5, having lost all five games by a combined total of 13 points. And Weber's your 10th out of 11 with, with, right. with Jarek Harding and Cody John. I mean, good, you know, have a nice day. Okay, you don't. Do you want to play that team, even if they're a five-win team in the opening round of the tournament? I think probably you don't. So all, all I'm saying is, the regular season's fun. It's I love watching these guys develop, get better, all that kind of stuff. It is. It's a complete whitewashing reset when Boise, Idaho comes around the second week in March. Absolutely, and, and then it beckons the the question of internally, what are your goals and what are you doing right. in terms of? I mean. Southern Utah is the perfect example of this. Southern Utah has largely accepted the fact that they weren't going to be a top four seed out the gates, and they've tried experimenting with rotations and different guys, trying to find their best eight leading up to the tournament, and then turn it on the last two weeks of the season, get as high a seed as you can, and then go wreak havoc in the tournament. And they've won more games than almost any program in the league because they play for the tournament. And you just wonder when that becomes the way that you alter. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing as a college coach. If you do alter it and say, hey, we're going to play some. I mean, look at Danny Sprinkle's team, for example. They have a bunch of newcomers. They got a bunch of freshmen. If he starts tinkering with rotations to, to in, in the face of chasing results under the premise that he's trying to get his best team for the tournament, it's just an interesting deal because I think in some ways you can really benefit from it, but it's also going to be it's gonna be hard on your fan base. It's going to be hard on your confidence as a team, it's such a delicate balance. And I'm I'm just wondering how everybody's going to navigate it. But, uh, you know, the thing is, this league is not as top heavy as it once was, but it's going to be really fun just because it's going to be so haphazard. What's the worst way to win a championship? Is there a bad way? We'll discuss next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 